people around us are becoming poorer every day. Your friends and family, the people you love, if you're not telling them about Bitcoin, why? Even though it's not related to sex, it just gives yeah. you joy and pleasure. If you go around and ask 100 people anything about Bitcoin, and you'll realize that we are sober. They're actually spamming our network right now. How is this different from slavery? It's not. You actually live in an open air prison, right? We're still slaves. The only chains that we wear now are What, what drove you to be uh, so into Bitcoin that you even tell other people on uh, social platforms about it? <laughs> uh, yeah, not even just social platforms. Uh, I try and naturally bring up Bitcoin organically and, and even in person-to-person -person interactions. Yeah. Uh, I've always tended to kind of be the person uh, in my group or my family that seeks out what's good and what uh, could help and i've spent i can if i could account it's probably a couple hundred hours listening to podcasts uh even reading books like i've read the bitcoin standard uh most books you know the top 10 i've put them uh in my audio book list and i i usually generally listen to books because i have a one hour ride to work so it's perfect and i just i just see bitcoin as the arc It is the boat that is going to take us out of the chaos that we're all in right now. And and to me, it seems like nobody is really paying attention. Uh, nobody notices. They're, they're, they're all uh, short time uh, frame people and, and they're out there spending and, and whatnot. So I'm, I really, I just have something in my soul that, that, that I find it just urges me and is always pushing me to help people. <laughs> Even even people that resist me, like I have an aunt that is like, she's wealthy uh, and she has wants nothing to do with Bitcoin. And she's told me that. And I still even this morning, I, I text her um, the actually I text her the commercial you just posted on Twitter, uh, the DiGiorno, uh, the commercial for the Bit ETF. Yeah, the Bitcoin spot ETF from, uh, yeah, from yeah. Bitwise it is. It's, uh, it's, it's going crazy wild. Yeah, I, I sent that right to her. I said, hey, look, you know, it's becoming kind of big. <laughs> and, and and she she's I guarantee she's going to reject it. She's going to, you know, say something. But there's something inside me that just needs to try and help people. I, I, I wish I could pinpoint it. And sometimes I wish I could actually turn it down because it kind of gets in the way of, of regular, like, you know, just talking to people. I find like I'm always thinking, how can I slide Bitcoin into this conversation? And, and maybe I need to learn. I'm trying to learn how to dial that back you know figure yeah. out the right balance you also um made a co uh, presentation on what is bitcoin for normies uh, what you wrote yeah. me i think what, yeah what is that from your learnings uh, talking to everybody and trying to do orange build them what were your like what do you have biggest learnings from that uh, what what can you give What's the main message you want to give newbies uh, for Bitcoin? Uh, I try, like when I first start talking to people, with the, it's a PDF format and I want to I wanna go around locally and, and have seminars and, and just an hour long kind of seminar. And the, the PDF that I create is it's what is Bitcoin? And it quickly within 16 pages, I'm trying to just get people's minds uh, Uh, unconditioned start breaking the, the the bondage that they're under of this fiat system and how how they think there's no alternative I like th th these people out here in normie land they don't even realize that there is an alternate system that they can opt into and, and it's it's free so it's uh, i'm trying to just get people's wheels spinning because if if i ask a hundred people i bet you maybe five of them even have heard of bitcoin and and any of them The five that have heard, it's all price action stuff. It's like, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna collapse. It's gonna go up. It's gonna collapse. But price action is one of the things that I, I like to look at. At least, like I check the price quite a bit, but uh, that's just my OCDness. But to me, the, the Bitcoin is more of a, like I said, like it's the arc that we all need to get onto to get us out of this mess, right? A, a decentralized ledger that anybody can partake in. You know, I, some of us in this, I'm in a first world country. I'm, I'm in Canada. So I, I don't, I'm not subjected to some of these things that third world countries go through. And I try and open people's eyes to that, uh, that, you know, we're very fortunate that we can have a bank account that our, our currency is inflating at like 
you know, last year, last few years have been pretty rough. Um, but there's countries out there that it's inflating at like 200% a year. You know, Lebanon, they woke up one morning and the bank literally emailed them and told them that their money was going to get cut in half. If you had spent your whole life saving $100,000, you wake up January 2nd and your $100,000 was 50000 And there was nothing you could do about it. Could you imagine being part of that? Like, I, I try and uh, emulate and think about how that would feel. And, and that's, I think, maybe the fuel I use, because I know it's coming here. It is. It's just a slower melting iceberg, right? They want to keep the mass, the big, the USA, Canada, they want to keep them a little more comfortable. It's like the analogy of the uh, the frog in the pot. You know, you can you can put a frog in a pot on the stove and if you just turn the temperature up just enough, he'll stay there. And you can just slowly crank it up and up and up and up until the frog actually dies. It boils and it never realized it was getting boiled. It never jumped out of the pot. And this is true. You can actually do this. And, and that to me is what's going on around us today. You know, in, uh, I know you're in Europe, I'm in Canada and US, but so we're pretty fortunate. You know, we're the top uh, first world countries that aren't experiencing uh, inflation at a hyper level. And, and where did, where did, did your journey started? Like uh, you mentioned that they're like the frog and the, the hot water uh, why did you jump out of it uh i you know what uh, i'm a christian and and i do believe in god and i do believe god puts people in our lives uh for a reason and and i was blessed and i tell this man i i still see him at work uh i, I was fortunate to work beside somebody that was into crypto in 2016 and 2017. uh he was into more he, he is a bitcoiner but he does Uh, go off the rails into the altcoins and uh, he was big on ethereum in 2017 and that's where my journey started was with ethereum at the top of 2017 and i just put a little bit of money into it i had knew nothing about it it was just my friend at work told me this isn't the next big thing so put money into it and uh fortunately right after that it had collapsed so my uh, one ethereum at 1200 went down to like 200 i sold it didn't really care until the bull. But this man, he's blessed. He understands the financial system and he was able to, to bestow his knowledge upon me for the year or two we worked together. So that's who I owe it to. Uh, that's how I started my journey. And, and from there, I've branched off on my own. I went Bitcoin only. Uh, I realized that everything else, even Ethereum, the number two asset in the world, the next one down is a scam. Right. You have your 70 percent pre-mine. You have your centralized nodes uh, that run on uh, Amazon servers. Right. Like there's so many attack vectors with Ethereum. Nobody knows the cap. So right then and there, even just the next one down is a, to me is a scam. So I'm Bitcoin only. That's amazing. Um, so you started with Ethereum, went on uh, with Bitcoin only because you actually did the research, you did the homework, you did the studying. And you also mentioned that you're a Christian and you also work with, uh, I think, a church to set them up with Bitcoin donations, you said. Um, yeah. I'm amazed that uh, inside of the Bitcoin community, there is actually a really strong and connected Christian community. Yes. And I think Robert Breedlove and other people are doing great work on that. Um, what do you think is the main connection between uh, Christians and Bitcoin and where's this strong correlation, <laughs> a strong value uh, comparison also coming from? Uh, I, if I could put it down to one word, I would think it would be faith. Because early on in your Christianity, along with early on in your Bitcoin uh, career, you have to have faith. Uh, even to this point, I have spent two to three, four hundred hours like listening to podcasts, setting up miners, uh, running a node, and I have barely begun to scratch the surface of Bitcoin. So I, I couldn't tell you with 100% certainty what Bitcoin is, what it does, or, or even how to explain it. You know, I'm just to the point where I'm starting to understand UTXO management, you know, and, and doing interactions through my own node. And, you know, being able to validate transactions. And I've put in hundreds of hours. I couldn't imagine somebody that's done zero research. And, and you know, and a person like me is coming at them 
and trying to download all this in, in 2.2. It's the same as Christianity. It, it is a faith-based system at the beginning, right? Faith is what you need to step off the ledge. And that's what you need to do with Christianity and Bitcoin. You have to take that first initial step and just trust, <laughs> right? And I assure you, both of them, Christianity and Bitcoin are going to save you, right? It is, they both are real and they both are exactly what is promised in the white paper and in the Bible. If, is Satoshi the God of Bitcoin? <laughs> I would say so. I would say Satoshi, uh, it, it almost, they, they kind of have similar kind of upbringings as the, You know, it's a miracle kind of like Satoshi backed off. We, we don't know where he went. We know his million coins are sitting there. You can look at them and he hasn't touched them. Right. So you can imagine the type of man that would, it would take to sit there and see all that money and, uh, and not touch it. And, and I believe Jesus was the same. Like he wasn't about money. And I don't think Satoshi is either. They both came to try and heal and, and make and fix. So yeah, that's a good correlation. Good it's a crazy thing to think about. If you have a, a person, maybe it's just one person, maybe it's more persons, um, to have a million Bitcoin, seeing the value of that, the purchasing power of that one million Bitcoin from nothing, because at some point Bitcoin was worth, uh, from a purchasing power standpoint, worth nothing to worth millions, billions, and so much more. And hmm. what's your, do you have a theory around Satoshi? Do you have some, um, why did he not do it? Did he went under? Did he throw away the keys to his Bitcoins? Well, did it's, he die? I have tried to go down that, that like historical path of Bitcoin. Like I said earlier in the podcast, like there's so many avenues you can go down. And it just depends on, sometimes I feel like learning about mining. And sometimes I, I, I want to learn more about Satoshi. Sometimes I want to learn more about exchanges, nodes. But yeah, I did go down that, that path with Satoshi. And uh, it's very murky, some of the waters. And, and there's characters that, that pop up you, you know, you didn't even realize were there, like Nick Zabo and uh, Hal Finney. Uh, to me, I, I think Hal Finney had his fingers in Bitcoin the most. Whether it was him or not, it, it definitely because we know of the communications between Hal and Satoshi that he was in direct contact with him. Uh, whether he was setting us up to think it, he, it wasn't him, he could easily do that. But if I had to pick, I would think it was Hal, Hal Finney. <clears throat> we, I just had a crazy thought in my mind. Uh, we are now thinking in... 2000, 1999 and stuff like that. And before and after, uh, with, uh, also with the Christianity and could the Bitcoin creation also be a new creation of a time zone of an era where we are like, it was in a thousand years, it is like before and after <laughs> the Bitcoin mm -hmm. creation, because Bitcoin is kind of a time chain uh, yeah. and you can even more accurately tell the time with that i know there's a big time chain crowd out there i'm right now not that big into that uh, do you have did you went down that rabbit hole at, at at some point yeah like i really think the creation of bitcoin was divine in itself it was like a gift to humanity and, and that's why we as um, bitcoiners really need to try and orange pill Uh, at least one person a day, at least try and bring it up in the conversation organically. Even for me, I have a tap, uh, a phone I tap and I have a visa through ShakePay and I get 1% Bitcoin back. And, and I always, when I tap it, I always tell the cashier, oh, thanks for the free Bitcoin. And I hope that that is just like fishing, right? It's a lure you throw out there. And sometimes the fish bites and sometimes it doesn't. But you have to have your lure in the water to catch somebody. And, and that's the only way this is going to work is we start bringing people in uh, and, and teaching them. right? Because like we said, we both know it is a daunting task to even understand 
Bitcoin at a first principles level, like to even understand, to teach people that the money is broken, that the money they're using is, is being printed to infinity. You know, real estate's going through the roof. And we know through Jeff Booth's book, The Price of Tomorrow, that society is, in, is deflationary. And you can see that in the price of TVs right here. The TVs have dropped in price. Like I was in Walmart yesterday and I could buy a 70 inch TV for $500. 10 years ago, that same TV would have cost me $10,000. How have TVs dropped in value while everything else around us has gone up in value? Well, you learn that society is deflationary. If the government keeps its fingers out of it and, and stops manipulating and picking winners and losers uh, and causing uh, market distortion that, that naturally over our lives prices should fall we should be as people working less and, and, and saving more but we're not we're all on this melting iceberg and, and most people don't even realize it so i think as bitcoiners it's very important that we try and teach people and bring as many on as as possible that's just it's something that should be ingrained in every bitcoiner is just Try and help. Be be a person that helps. Is that the mission of every black? Pardon me. Is the bringing more Bitcoiner in the mission of everyone that holds Bitcoin? I, I called it a black. <laughs> hmm. Uh, you know, each person's an individual. Like I have uh, a cousin that bitcoins, and and he's very introverted and has a hard time communicating with people. Uh, so for him, I try and get him out of his, out of his comfort zone. And, and like I said, with my seminar, I've texted him and told him multiple times that he's going to be sitting there beside me in class. And he's like, no way, can't do it. Can't talk in public. <laughs> I'm like, well, neither can I. But the fact of the matter is the people around us are becoming poor every day. Your friends and family, the people you love, if you're not telling them about Bitcoin, why? Why? They're being drowned in. Like, you need to like beat the dead horse until people get it. You know, that's my opinion for him. It's not so much. He's introverted. So I think there's only a few of us in the community that can stand up and, and speak well and be leaders. And, and if you are one of those people like yourself, Robin, uh, I think we do owe it to um, society in general to try and help. Yeah, for sure. That's But a, I wouldn't put any pressure on somebody. Like I wouldn't say you should be doing it. No, because that might be the difference between someone staying or someone going is feeling pressured or, or forced to, that this is an aspect of Bitcoin. Like I'm not one of those people on Twitter that it's like, oh, got to eat me or, or got to use a cast iron pan. To me, it's like, you know, cook with what you got, you know, try and eat healthy, live a good life and, and live and let live. Try not to like force other people to live the way you think they should. Yeah, my way of uh, telling people of, of Bitcoin also changed actually the last uh, three, four years a lot. In the beginning, I was like, you have to buy this, you do have to do it. And now I also, like I'm well known in everywhere where I go that I'm the Bitcoin guy. I post a lot on social media, I'm with my face there, I have my real name there. Everybody who knows me knows I'm the Bitcoin guy. This makes stuff easier because interested people in Bitcoin come up to me because they know I'm that Bitcoin guy. And uh, what I found is amazing that if you let them have their space and give them the right information at the right time, they're going on their Bitcoin path themselves. Like yeah. my best friends are now all in Bitcoin, like not 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 even going in bitcoin they're like all in bitcoin they are really deep into it and yeah. i never push them they i just was there for them in helping them and pointing them to books to articles to to videos to everything they would need to get it but i never was like it's that way and that way only i also have some friends that are against it some friends they they read the bitcoin standard and say no it's bullshit and i'm like okay <laughs> let's let's meet in, in one year again and let's discuss it like it's it's okay if you don't get it it's it's yeah. like everybody has his own time of, of understanding bitcoin 
ignorance is bliss. I've I've thought in the last couple of days, actually, I've had the thought pop in my head of like, what would it be like to go back pre-Bitcoin, pre-knowing that fiat was a scam and then just to live in that ignorance? <laughs> It'd be nice because once you lift the veil, there's no going back, right? That once you realize money is a scam, then you're like, oh my gosh, what else? And it just, you keep going and going and going. And, and that is why I love Bitcoin is because there's no end to it. There's literally, you could spend thousands of hours studying and, and there's no end to it. And, and people like you and me are doing things for free. This podcast, my seminar, Orange Pilling the Church, I literally received no uh, fiat gains for that. I'm out there doing it for the, for the goodness of my heart because I'm, I'm trying to help people. And I realized that Bitcoin is what it is. And it's amazing. Bitcoiners will do things for free or you don't find that in the real world very often. I, I get asked that actually. I get zero euros or sats or whatever for content mm -hmm. creation. I'm doing the podcast. I'm doing X. I grew this year alone from like 400 followers to uh, 6,500. Uh, I, I do so many tweets a day. Sometimes I have a month with one to 2,000 uh, tweets because of all the replies I'm doing. And I get zero, zero sats and zero uh, euros from that, from no, nobody. And yeah. I don't care. I do it because I love it. I love to talk about it. It's like, I, I think if I don't do it, I, I have that energy in me and it does not come out. Like it will yeah. boil inside of me and it will <laughs> explode at some point. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's why I'm doing and doing that. It, it, it gives me so much pleasure and joy. And it's, uh, it's amazing to have something that gives you so much joy and pleasure. Um, yeah. even though it's not related to money, even though it's not related to food, even though it's not related to sex, it just gives yeah. you joy and pleasure <laughs> without yeah, exactly. the usual things that give you joy and pleasure. To me, to me, what, Early on in Bitcoin, for me, I was uh, more of the libertarian. I was more anti-government, anti-banking. Like up, up here in Canada, we have limits uh, for e-transfers, for deposits, withdrawals. Everything is centralized and controlled. I, if I wanted to send you $4,000 right now, I couldn't do it. My bank limits me to $3,000 a day e-transfers. <laughs> It's my money, Robin. Why, why, if I want to send you a million dollars, why shouldn't I be able to? Well, I put in the effort at work to earn the money. You know, the bank is just there to cash my check. Originally it was. Now it's, if I went in there to get out $10,000 cash, I'd have to answer questions. Like that, that to me is actually, it gets my blood boiling. I got, that irritates me that I have to, you know, be a grown man, earn my money. And then I have to go to a bank teller and tell him, you know, I'm taking $10,000 out to buy guns or ammo, you know, uh, and then what I have to answer for more questions like this is my money. So that's what I kind of attracted me to Bitcoin. And then it, it just snowballed from there. I, I wanted to learn about the mining. So I bought some S9s, hooked them up, which are, are incredibly easy and, and they're great for garage space heaters. Like I have one running in my basement right now, an S9, and a couple out in my garage, keeping them all warm. Yeah, I, I do it at a loss because energy is so expensive, but the heat that I receive to me is like indispensable. If I can take my kids' mitts after a winter day and put them in front of the S9 and they heat my kids' gloves, <laughs> that's like, hallelujah, Bitcoin. <laughs> so... Bitcoin heating your gloves. <laughs> that's, 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 that's great. And I do. I actually have a drying rack uh, above like the miner. And I put my kids' clothes when they get home from school. They'll be home in like half an hour. Uh, I put all the clothes out there and the miner blows hot air underneath them and it rises and dries them. You know? To me, Bitcoin, it, it's going to change the world. You are either you accept it now or you're going to accept it later. But Bitcoin will be everywhere. I, I imagine our home appliances will soon be mining our furnaces for our house there'll be uh miners run off them and and they you may not even know about it the company that that sells it they may even put it in there and mine themselves and use your energy it's the 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 future is so bright 
for Bitcoin. And, and I'm so excited to be a part of it. And here at, I believe, the beginning of the S-curve. Uh, you know, some people might think that uh, the law of diminishing returns means that we're kind of at like the peak and it's going to uh, wane for a little bit. But if you go around and ask 100 people uh, anything about Bitcoin and you'll realize that we are so early and I post that quite a bit, like because <laughs> I do. I'm out there orange pilling quite a bit and I'm talking to a lot of people uh, like you say, I orange pilled my church. I went to church to try and find God and, and I just couldn't find myself stop from trying to tell them there that guys realize that we're all part of a manipulated system and whatnot. And fortunately, they were very uh, open to the idea of Bitcoin. And, and I'm actually going Thursday with the VP of the church to finalize the wallet because we did set up uh, a lightning arrangement through Phoenix. And I don't know if you know anything about the fees right now, but the fees on Bitcoin are through the roof. Yeah, they so, are. They are quite, quite high, a little bit so higher than usual. <laughs> I've actually told my, my uh, church that I'm just going to save up the Bitcoin and then I'll send it to you in a larger chunk once the fees are a little bit lower, which is a beautiful thing about Bitcoin. You can, you can arrange things. You can you know say, okay, I'll hold it here and then I'll move it when the fees are cheaper. Right? I, and I went down the hole with the fees too, uh, you know, understanding what's going on there. Why are the fees going up? And to me, it, from what I understand, it's what's called a DDoS attack, which is a denial of service attack. They're actually spamming our network right now. If you look here at the bit feed, you can click on some of these transactions and people are paying $2 to send 37 cents. I think it's the ordinals uh, scam going on. They're just trying to congest our network to make it look unusable. But we know Bitcoin doesn't care. <laughs> they, they are basically paying uh, the miners. They are paying for security. Uh, yeah. or, or like the, 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 I don't know what they are thinking. If if they actually people that try to DDoS Bitcoin now, uh, mm -hmm. if this actually is the case, I don't know what is their game plan because they are just giving more financial energy to Bitcoin. That, yeah. That's what it is. Um, I wanted to go back one step. What you said, you said uh, when you said about the banks that they, you are not allowed to uh, uh, give me more than three thousand euros because there's a, like a limit. Isn't it crazy that your money is basically uh, your life's energy? Like you, you work for something, you get back money. So basically, mm -hmm. money is kind of time, kind of your life's energy. And once you understand that, you're like, wait, there's an institution in our world that can control where I put my life's energy. How is this different from slavery? It's not. We <laughs> actually live We actually live in an open air prison, right? We're still slaves. The only chains that we wear now are debt, right? We live in a debt-based society. So all of us are burdened with debt and, and it's a lot of debt. Like f even for me in Canada to own a home is, you know, you're talking a million dollars, like to get something for a family, that's a lot of debt to take on, right? And then you have credit cards and they'll finance anything. You could finance anything in Canada. <laughs> you know, there's a company that will send you financing. And then those are the chains that we put on and the chains I'm trying even myself to break free of is debt. That's this. That's the new slavery is debt. Yeah, great. Um, where do you see when you see the Bitcoin standard evolving? When everybody's hopping on on Bitcoin and everybody is uh, on a complete Bitcoin standard, where do you see the role of centralized planning of basically governments? Uh, do you see changes? What changes do you see? What what will change with government when we are fully adopted with Bitcoin? Hmm. That's a tough question. <laughs> That's a really tough question. To me, I think uh, governments would be scaled back. You wouldn't have all these departments and departments of departments and all these staffers and this bloat. The government has, is bloated. It's incentivized to spend and bloat. I think once people realize Bitcoin is scarce, and you cannot just print it, that governments will be a little more careful with their money. They'll become accountable because Bitcoin is an open source ledger. 
so we the people can see where the money's going. So I think governments will become much, much smaller, uh, much more, um, you know, localized, and, and they would actually tackle issues and they would need to create value for the taxpayers. If they do not create value, they're not needed. That's the problem with governments today. They can print and pay and get no value. They're taking our debt, our money, and, and paying these departments, and, and we're, getting, we're getting no value for them, and, and they get to stay. We're in the Bitcoin standard. No value, no bueno, adios. You go. I love that line so much. <laughs> Great. Uh, no, no value, uh, adios. <laughs> um, maybe for people that are into Bitcoin, but they are not running their miners and they are not running their own node. Um, why did you start with that? And would you recommend that to other people? Uh, let's start with the miner. And uh, like miner, I think, is more grabbable for, for people and also... Let's start with the miner. Why did you start the miner and would you recommend doing that? Uh, yeah, I, I started, like I said, in uh, with the GPU miners. I did it because um, I, I just, for me, I need to know how something works. Like I'm a mechanic. I'm an industrial mechanic by trade. So I'm the type of, I, my job is to make sure a factory runs. Like I'm actually responsible for large robots that move large, large uh, pieces of, of uh, whatever product we're building. I, I don't want to dox myself too much. But uh, so I am just gen genetically, I need to know what gears are turning and, and why. So maybe not everybody will go down the same path as me. And, and you don't, it's not essential to run a miner. It, it, it is important to run a node so that you can verify your own transactions. Because if you don't run a node, you're relying on somebody else that is, right? And it, You're not supposed to trust in Bitcoin, but when it comes to nodes, there's a, a little bit of trust, right? Because the Bitcoin goes from where you send it to your wallet. So you can, you know that it worked, but you, you don't have record of it. You, you don't have any type of verifiability. Like I could pop up my node here and punch in one command. And within, it does take a few minutes, but it will tell me exactly down to the eighth decimal, how many Bitcoins are in existence, right? So I know and mine is hooked up to my wallet my node so the minute i hit send on my phone uh within a few minutes i get a notification here and then i know that that bitcoin is 100 bitcoin there's no way it's it's anything but that to me that verifiability is is important it may not be so important to other people but uh, like i say on a on a first on a fundamental level i have to know how things work Even even the GPU miners, I can remember at one point I was stuck for hours and the, the GPU wouldn't turn on and it just wouldn't fire up. And I'm like, what is going on? And I, I, lo I lost sleep over it. And, and I took out my multimeter and I had to test every part of the circuit until I found the, the broken connection. And, to, and it was actually just a power connection inside. The little tab was broken. <laughs> Most people I, I find would just give up and throw it away, but I'm not that type. Like I, I have to dig deeper. And, and, and fortunately, I think Bitcoin has helped me become that way, right? Going down the rabbit hole has, has made me lift the veil on so many other things. <clears throat> so I think a node is important to run and they're super simple to run. Uh, you know, I bought a computer from Best Buy for $140, a desktop computer. Uh, plugged it into my TV here, and you only need, I suggest a two terabyte hard drive, but a one terabyte will do for now. And, and all you do is a couple clicks, download Bitcoin Core from the internet. And within a few days, it needs to sync with the blockchain. So what it's doing is downloading every single transaction from the Genesis block. And then now you have a record of it at your house. So there's nobody can, you know, you can't do that with gold. I have a friend that's a gold bug and I'm always sending him pictures of like gold bars that are cracked open with like tungsten in the middle or something, you know, like you can scam with gold. You can't do that with, with anything but Bitcoin to verify that it's 100% real is an aspect I don't think people grasp. Like to me, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, 
uh, it's quite hard to verify. Like the gold debate is so interesting for me because they only have one good argument, and it's the track record. Like, yeah, gold is just so long there, but everything <laughs> else. Uh, it's just a lost debate by now. Uh, it's, I was in, yes. I actually got orange built uh, a lot by those gold debates, uh, when I was looking into Bitcoin in 2020 and yeah. in, in 2020, and they opened my eyes to gold and Bitcoin. Uh, so mm -hmm. I w was before only stocks and uh, an asset has to have an, an cash flow otherwise it's not valuable i come yeah. from this warm buffet mindset and this gold and bitcoin debate actually opened my mind to oh there's another possibility out there mm -hmm. uh, and, but it's, it's so clear like why yeah. go <laughs> like, i i myself hold a bit of silver because i'm like i said back i'm a libertarian so during COVID, I really realized, oh my gosh, like you need to have some systems in place to protect your family. You need to have a food storage. You need to have maybe some cash on hand, but you do also need to have precious metals. Like in an, in an emergency situation, they do hold value and you would be able to, you could possibly trade somebody for it. But to, to hold your life's energy in it, it is foolish. Like it's been flat for <laughs> forever right like they said back in the day it should a bar of gold should or one ounce of gold should buy a, a suit and still to this day it's done that and to me it's it's manipulated too we all know that the paper market is vast vastly larger than the physical market so it's been captured by centralized authorities and, and it will never be released because of its uh a weight its properties it's it's a heavy dense metal like good luck sending it across the ocean at lightning speed you can't do that right that's where bitcoin is superior you know it's frictionless you can send it to zimbabwe it's expensive today because fees are high but when they go back down you can send it for nothing why did you it's, choose it's, why did you choose silver over gold uh again it was back my person that i worked with he told me that gold's uh for kings and silver's for the people right silver is like more of a currency uh, it's and it really i just kind of like the look and the feel of it and, and for me to give a thousand dollars and get a little speck of gold <laughs> i just don't see the value for some reason that's me because i get a nice heavy bar of silver for you know three hundred dollars to me there's something about the weight of it that gives it value i'm probably wrong but it's just so i have quirks you know you follow me on twitter I'm odd. Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> your, your memes are fire. I love it. It's, yeah. Uh, I, 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 sometimes I just have a way of, of relating everything to Bitcoin and, and a way of just like some of these uh, memes that I post. It's just me late at work at night. Like I say, I work midnight. So I'm just sitting there in the factory alone and I'm just scrolling. I'm like, oh my God, that's just like Bitcoin. Here, hold on. Click, click, click. Post. <laughs> And it, apparently, people can relate to it, right? Because they are blowing up. Yeah, you, you I, are, I myself, like, I started off two years ago with you know three hundred followers, and I've grown the account to like sixty two hundred. Yeah, you're doing great, man. Uh, you, mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. I love it. Um, but you also created a website called Bitday Cards. Yeah, what is yes. that, and, and and why did you start that one? Um, I mentioned earlier, I have a cousin that's into Bitcoin. He's a one person I was able to orange pill and he, he took on to it like crazy. And he stacked like crazy. He lives at home with his mom. So he's able to do that. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately am not in the same situation, but I'm trying as hard as, as him. Uh, we both just love Bitcoin. Like I, I could just do Bitcoin all day. Like I could listen to podcasts, read books, you know, check my note, plug in my miners, just all day, every day, Bitcoin. So I wanted to work in Bitcoin, but I'm, I'm not, super technical uh, i'm not a, a financial guy like i don't know uh you know a bond yield curves like preston pish and i'm like so i wanted to work in bitcoin somehow and, and seed phrases to me uh, seed phrases again you could go down days and days of learning about seed phrases and what they are and where they come from and, and what they do and how they do it it's amazing but you can literally gift somebody bitcoin through 12 words 
right? Like if I knew a, a seed phrase right on this podcast, I could just tell you 12 words. You could go on your computer, punch them in and have access to that Bitcoin, right? That, that to me is, a, is another amazing feature. So that's what we tried to do. Uh, if you go on BitDay cards, we created a little character. His name's B-Rex. He's a little Tyrannosaurus. And he wants to teach you. There's a section that teaches you about Bitcoin and seed phrases. But we also uh, designed these cards with uh, a 12-word uh, area for them and a little scenery. They're kind of themed. There's a cowboy one and an astronaut one. But you can. It teaches you on the website through QR codes. You scan the QR code. It will take you to a section in our website where it teaches you to create a seed phrase. It teaches you how to load the seed phrase with Bitcoin, write the seed phrase in the card, gift it, mail it to whoever you want. Uh, to me, I like sending them to people that <laughs> aren't orange pilled and it kind of forces people to learn about Bitcoin, right? They have to scan the QR code. If they want their funds, it's great for birthdays. If they want their funds, they're going to have to learn how to interact with the Bitcoin network, <laughs> which to me is like a forced orange pill. And, uh, I haven't put as much energy into it as I'd like to, but it's starting to pick up traction and, and I'm, we're focusing a little more, a little more on it. So uh, thanks for asking about that. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a uh, really cool uh, project. I, I checked it out uh, right before our, uh, our podcast and I love it. I have to check it out a little more in, in depth. Yeah, um, it's uh, bitdaycards.com. Yeah. I... You are now my 11th guest on the podcast, and I noticed a pattern. Uh, the guests till now all had uh, kids. They all were fathers of, uh, of, of kids, uh, most of them more than two, uh, two, one or more than <laughs> one, or sometimes even more than two. Yeah. Um, why do you think this is? Is there something about having kids and Bitcoin is is this also tied to maybe to, uh, to the Christian Christianity to the the faith uh, and and uh, the conservative uh, belief that uh, Bitcoiners usually have is do, do you see that do you have any thoughts about that for sure for sure it, it actually says in the Bible to God tells us to be fruitful and multiply it's actually we are supposed to increase as a society you know our population is supposed to get bigger and bigger i know the mainstream media doesn't want you to believe that uh and again bitcoin has taken me down the rabbit hole of of uh, learning can earth sustain eight billion people and from the research i've done it can easily and and if you listen to elon musk he also advocates for a uh, uh, ever growing population And I think the mainstream media is trying to push us an alternate narrative that maybe we're using too much and too much energy. All that stuff is foolish. As a society, you sh your energy production and your population should be increasing. <laughs> like we are becoming more sophisticated as a species. Why would we not become more energy efficient, create bigger sources of energy so we can maybe get off this planet, become an interplanetary species, right? So kicking back to your original question is I think Bitcoiners realize this and, and Bitcoin brings you abundance and it brings you security, financial security. And when you aren't stressed about money, then you can focus on other things like creating a family, you know, and, and working less and spending time with your wife. And, and, and that is a gift of Bitcoin, a bit, uh, a gift of scarcity. And I think, That's what's going on with Bitcoiners and, and Christianity. Like we said earlier on, they both kind of intersect. They kind of have similarities. So I'm speaking to both of them. And that's why I think we have a lot. Of, me, me, myself, I have four under 12. Right. Uh, and, and I love it. It's, it's amazing. It's a gift from God to be able to watch a child grow. And, and all my kids know Bitcoin. They know I'm on this podcast today. Lucas, Sophia, Ethan, and Cole wanted me to name drop them. So there you go. Um, and they all have wallets. They all get paid in Bitcoin. They all, they don't understand Bitcoin on a technical level, but they know uh, about its scarcity. They know about uh, government corruption. They know about money printing at, at five years old, six years old. I'm trying to raise a, a different generation and break chains, right? And uh, 
that's a beautiful gift of Bitcoin. <laughs> One of the best gifts of Bitcoin is being able to raise a family. That's that's beautiful, man. Um, what yeah. do you think is will be different about uh, your kids? They or your kids re representing uh, Bitcoin a generation that they are, they are living in the Bitcoin world, like they are uh, raised to be Bitcoiners. What are they having different from people that uh, were born in 1971, <laughs> they were mm -hmm. right in the fiat era. Uh, my my father was born in, in exactly 1971. Wow, wow that's amazing. Uh, they will understand, um, I think, wastefulness because our generation or their generation, they're very wasteful. And I try and teach my kids about scarcity, about Once you do something, you can't undo it. So you need to be mindful and think about what you're doing. Be uh, deliberate in your actions. Because once you hit send on Bitcoin, there's no unsend, right? So you need to double check, you know, cross-reference, make sure the address is correct. Make sure you know who you're sending to. I, I think it will teach my kids to be diligent, to be, uh, you know, mindful of wastefulness. And, and, and also, it, it helps teach them to be caring and loving individuals because Bitcoin is a system of love. It is, it is a network of people that care for each other and that want to see a better world. And that's why I want my kids to be part of that. I, my third podcast, actually the guest, his tagline was Bitcoin is a system of love. And I actually heard it for, with him the first time and i <laughs> i love it since yeah. ever since then i it's it's uh it comes back to truth uh to uh trust to uh believing and and, and cheering for each other um yeah. it's, a, it's a wonderful system i love exactly. it exactly me too there's there's no i have yet to find a negative point about it except for this DDoS attack with the fees getting incredibly high. But for me, I haven't paid a single one. Like I'm, you know, I know how to circumvent that. This is my exchange. It doesn't charge me any fees to cold store. So I haven't been affected by these fees. To me, the only people affected by this short-term fee issue are day traders and DGENs that, you know, are looking to turn a quick buck off of somebody. Like I don't, I don't trade Bitcoin. Like that's the first thing people, like when I tell them, when I try and orange them, they're like, oh, did you sell? Do you buy? Do you buy and sell? Do you sell, buy? I'm like, no, I, I just buy it and I hold on to it and I'm never letting it go. <laughs> like any Bitcoin I buy is is going to go to my children likely. Like I, I don't, like if it did get to like hyper Bitcoinization, I might peel a little bit off to work even less than I do. Uh, but Bitcoin teaches you think generationally, not, you know, yearly daily monthly charts i'm not interested in that that, that to me is just stressful it's gambling it, it is what it is and i'm not a gambler i work way too hard to gamble yeah that's uh that's a beautiful point uh to end it with we have a end routine in the podcast uh where the previous guest asked the next guest a question uh and the previous guest does not know who's the next guest is um, and the question from the previous guest to you, uh, without knowing <laughs> you are you, uh, was, like how many months of fiat currency are you currently holding and why? How many months? Zero. I, I, I hold as little fiat as possible. I, I maybe. Do you want an actual number? Like I might have a thousand dollars cash at all times, oh, just yeah. in just in to cover like groceries, uh, short term stuff. Anything, anything else goes to Bitcoin. And if I, if I, if a thousand doesn't cover me, then I will convert back. But then I restack, right? But I'm ninety nine percent Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, that, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, like it's so easy to convert. Like my exchange does it instantly, and then it can e-transfer to my bank account. And the longest I've ever waited is half an hour. So why would I ever sit and hold fiat and wake up and watch Bitcoin has gone up ten percent? And I was sitting there on what five thousand dollars. You know the gains you just missed, right? Like 
And and we know historically, if you don't get in on Bitcoin today, it, it could be gone, right? These people are sitting back waiting for prices. Good luck. Like Bitcoin will go up 10% and never come back down. We, we may never see $36,000 again. So what am I going to do? I, I, that's to me becomes like a trading thing again, trying to time it. Me, when I get paid, boom, DCA instantly. And then I'm, then I'm trying to like squeeze every dollar in I can. I'm like looking at my wife. I'm like, oh, we don't need to eat out tonight, do we? And as soon as she says, no, we got some at home, bang, 50 bucks of Bitcoin. <laughs> Gone to cold storage. I love that. Um, for the end, uh, where can people find you? Where do you want to point them to? Uh, where can people get in touch with you if they want to? Uh, Twitter is my main uh, source. If you want to communicate with me, you send me a DM. It, you know yourself on Twitter. I'm very active. I, I try and respond to everybody, even people that are negative. Uh, I will try and, and help them. I'm not, I don't get angry with people and like retaliate. So if I get someone that's like anti-Bitcoin, I had this morning telling me that it's a Ponzi scheme. I sometimes I get an, a little, little, uh, kind of curt with them, but I try and realize that, Hey, that could be somebody that's one step away from Bitcoin. So I need to be the leader, the pillar and try and use words to bring them in instead of make them hate maxis even more. So if you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can DM me on Twitter. Uh, you can go to my website, bitdaycards.com. Uh, you can email me through there. Um, and I will respond if you want to talk. If you want to get a copy of my PDF, it's free. I will send you it. It's four megabytes. Uh, you can prove it. You can criticize me. Uh, I, get, I think your previous guest, uh, he, I sent it to him and he criticized it. And we talked on the phone and I'm open to constructive criticism. So uh, if you want to get a hold of me, reach out to me on Twitter. Oh, amazing. Uh, I loved having you on. Thank you, Robin. Thank you very much.